Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, hey, my name is Kyle Kimbrell. I'm at Oella Gante in Homewood with Alan Aldridge, and I'm going to do a song of mine called Finally at Last. Always feel like I'm dying. Death. Got everything in the book, I swear. Might even have Tourette's. All it takes is one ounce of worry to scare the hell out of me. Don't be led astray anymore. I don't use WebMD. So you've got my word. This is absurd. What will it take to get back? Cause little by little. I made it through Finally at last Straight through the day And all at night My wheels keep spinning Burning a hole right into my brain experiment So how at the moon but not too soon slow down take your time and pull it together even in bad weather the hardest parts goodbye. truth is falling on you, the words you will speak. And the hardest thing is knowing which way the wind's blowing. 
Shut up, mime, let me think. So you've got my word. This is absurd. What will it take to get back? Cause little by little, I made it through. Finally, at last. Welcome you to Porch Talk. As Kyle told you, we are at Old Elegante. Man, I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Man, I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. I've never been here, so it's, it's probably feels good to be here and see it, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, I've got quite a few things that came from here in my bedroom, and it's always a little surreal. Oh, absolutely, yeah. See where it happened. See where the magic happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, who are you listening to? Lately? Yeah. Um, let's see. Lately, honestly, uh, oh man, I don't know. I kind of change it up a little bit. Um, a lot of rotation lately, a lot of Wilco in the last, like, week. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big Tweety fan. Um, also, uh, surprisingly, I've listened to a lot of A.A. Bondi lately, which, uh, he used to be in a band around here called Verbena, which Les used to play drums for, and... Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a songwriter. He, yeah, no big deal. They were only signed to RCA. Yeah, no big fucking deal. Uh, <laughs> so I've been listening to him a lot recently. Uh, his some of his records after that band, they're just they're fucking incredible. And man, if I could ever write a song like that, I think I'd, I'd, I'd be okay. 
Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you, man. Just uh, before we dig uh, off into your story, it, it seemed like to me, uh, from your guitar work and the lyrical content, like you listened to a little Gregory Allen Cove. I like him a lot. Uh, I did, yeah. I mean, I dig that kind of that sound. Um, yeah, he's kick-ass as shit. He's, I mean, he's he's got a great voice and great songwriting power. Thank you, man. That's a great compliment. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm as good as that, but uh, but thank you. Yeah, he's he's awesome. You know what's crazy about him is uh, botany is his thing. Botany, really? Yeah, he loves plants, That's, and so. I don't remember what podcast he was on, but I was listening to it because I'm a huge Gregory fan. Yeah. And uh, he was like, yeah, I've, you know, green thumb, you know. I like, that's that's I like, his thing. Huh? I like growing stuff. And uh, music right. to me is, uh, it's not my number one. It's really? just something when I set out to do it, it's, you know, it, it came somewhat natural. And as you can tell by my album progression, I'm not in a big hurry. Right. Okay. <laughs> Dude, he's so good, man. He's got such a great voice, and his songwriting is just impeccable, man. It really is. Yeah. He's a botanist, though. That's pretty That's pretty, <laughs> pretty freaking cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. So, man, tell me a little bit about growing up. Where are you from? Uh, Vestavia Hills, right up the road. Um, grew up in the suburbs. Uh, you know, pretty normal, nice life. Uh, grew up in a cul-de-sac. Um, didn't really... I didn't really start doing music till I was, I picked up the guitar like when I was 12. I always, I always loved it and I remember being a kid and seeing like a band at my grandparents and just being fascinated with it and stuff. But I picked up the guitar like at 12 and it really pissed me off because I couldn't do it <laughs> right away of course and uh, oh, yeah. put it back down and then about like probably 13, 14, probably freshman year, I really was like alright I'm going to learn this thing and kind of dove straight into it and then you know was in bands in high school. And that's about all I did, man. You know, I didn't play sports or anything like that. So every day after school, we went over to my buddy's house and we just played music every day. Yeah. Um, uh, what about just in the home, just before 12 years old, you mentioned a band at your grandparents' house. Is that like a house show? Or? No, it was, a, it was, I remember I was like probably seven or eight and we were, my grandparents were from South Georgia, Nashville, Georgia, if you can believe that. Okay. And we went to some kind of festival, like outdoor picnic thing and there was like this blues like country band playing and uh i just remember being fascinated with it and just sat there for the whole time while they while they did it and, mm-hmm. and watched and i had a piano in my house growing up uh, a grand piano my sister took lessons and i fiddled with it a little bit here and there but i never really kind of knowing what i know now i wish i would have just played that thing all the time but um it, it, i was kind of a late bloomer man um music was a big thing we had all music in the house all the time but uh i really didn't start really getting into it Probably when I was like, yeah, probably thirteen or fourteen. So I know it's kind of hard to call, but like just those early moments before picking up guitar, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of that festival in South Nashville. Yeah. Uh, what was what was being played in the house? What was what was the influence then? Uh, I remember Mom was always playing Van Morrison all the time, <laughs> yeah. which is cool. You know, she was playing that and and the band a lot. Um, and that's what those are the two groups I remember distinctly, like that I really kind of gravitated to. And then of course it was the '90s, so like, you know, Matchbox Twenty was in there and all that kind of jazz. But I remember, uh, yeah, I remember she had Van Morrison all the time on. We had this like big stereo in the living room, and she was just constantly kind of on during the day and stuff like that. So, yeah. what would you say your favorite Van Morrison song is? Mine is uh, uh, reminds me of you. Oh man, God, 
That's a heavy track. Mine's with you. Oh shit. Uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, 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 man. <laughs> you're 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 fine. Uh, favorite Van Morrison. Uh, let's see. Uh, hang on. Let me look up. I'm about to look it up. Whoops. Oh, she always had Moon Dance on. Probably Come Running was one of my favorites. That's a good one. Um, these Dreams of You, you know. She had that record all the time on, but those are probably one of my two favorites from that, you know. Yeah. That, uh, I, I want to say it was uh, 106.9. They did this cool thing. Uh, at the job I had before this, I was uh, kind of the hot shot. Uh-huh. I was the guy that did deliveries, uh, specifically okay. if it was over an hour and a half or two hours. At 106.9? Uh, no, I, well, I was working in electric motors, but sometimes I would have to come over here to get bearings in Birmingham. Okay. okay. And so whenever you get to, I mean, 106.9, it projects pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And they always done this thing, and it was a redheaded day, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's my thing right there. Right. I got a lot of love for redheads. And uh, <laughs> they was like, we're going to play uh, strictly a redhead set list, and like Van Morrison, right. and like all the that's all, cool. all the legends of classic rock that were redheaded that. I think that uh, that helped me with a deeper uh, affection appreciation for, for your, uh, Van Morrison for your redness. Yeah, absolutely. I ain't got no so, but we right. move on. <laughs> yeah, thank you, South Park. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's it right there. You're right. You don't have any soul. You're ginger. <laughs> it's true, man. You're ginger. They don't they don't feel anything. But, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, so uh, cover bands in high school? Or? No. Yeah. I mean, I was in a I was in a group. Uh, I met a buddy of mine. Who plays actually drums on all my records? Uh, we kind of got together early, like freshman year, and he played drums. We played a little guitar. We played a little guitar here and there, and then he was really a drummer. And uh, we just started writing songs together, and uh, just start you know doing that on the weekends and stuff. And eventually, we were able to drive. We uh, got a band together, got a bass player and another guitar player, and we started to write our own songs. And our band name was Solomon Grundy. And, uh, man, we were, I mean, not to sound like too much normal, we were good for, like, for kids. We put, like, an EP out on MySpace. And, uh, oh, yeah. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, right. Exactly. And uh, we played a bunch of Battle of Bands, like, around high schools around here, and we won one or two of them. And yeah. I wish you could, st- I wish I could still find that EP on MySpace. It's, like, been taken off or anything. But I was, it was, it, it was, it was good. It was kind of, it was rock and roll kind of. Jam bandish kind of stuff. Yeah, I was gonna ask you about then to now because with now, with what I've heard from you, it's more somber. It's definitely taken, yeah, I, a lot more laid back. Yeah, when I was, I was a guitar player at first, man. That's what I, you know, I was like anybody other kid. I was like Hendrix. I was all about that all kind right, of stuff. So you know? was you like really in the gear too? Not, I'm not really much of a gearhead. Okay. I'm not. I don't really know. I'm not like. I wish. I'm just. It's never been a. I've just never dived into it a lot. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I appreciate good gear, but it's just not, I guess, on my, you know, You know what I'm saying, man, is uh, I had this crappy PV Raptor. That was my first electric. I don't even count it. Uh, yeah. That was a fun day when that, that thing sold. But right uh, at my graduation, I got a Gibson SG, which ended up nice. being way too much. But I, at that time, I got a PV2 vamp. Right. And I learned that there ain't but one way to play a tube vamp with SG dime it out yeah absolutely and then you don't need any pedals no (laughs) um 
That's awesome. You had a Gibson SG. That's really sweet. And, my, and I sold it to my buddy, so I still get to play it. But, it, like, once again, the older I got, it was kind of calmed down. And I was like, that's too much for me. What color was it? Red. Oh, nice, man. Oh. I've always wanted an SG. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I was a guitar player, you know. So I was just all about the guitar stuff. And Clapton was a – And Cream and all that. Slow kind of, hand himself. Oh, yeah, man. So, I mean – so you leaned heavier toward electric when you were younger? Yeah, when I first started, I was all I was all with the blues and all that kind of stuff, you know. Okay, like open to. And like, we're talking about the world of YouTube first opening up and. Yeah, that's self-taught. Self-taught. I taught myself for a little bit, kind of just using the internet, and then I took lessons actually at uh, Fretted Instruments, which is right down the road from here, uh, and kind of honed. I took there for a couple years from. Rock. What was that like? Was that classically training or just no, teaching was, you about scales and rock and roll? Yeah, basically, I was just. He, it was funny. I took from a place in Vestavia called Archer when I was about 12. And this is what kind of turned me off about guitar. And in that place, it was classical. Mm-hmm. You started reading music and you started playing like Mary Had a Little Lamb and that kind of stuff. And that was just boring to me. And I just, it kind of made me kind yeah. of, you know, disinterested in it a little bit. And uh, then I found that place, Fretted, and Rob was really cool. He was like, man, if you just bring a song in and I'll teach it to you. And he'd write it down on tab and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> Our story is tit for tat. Man. Really? Yeah. Uh, so 15, uh, I expressed to my grandparents, I was living with them at the time, that uh, I wanted to play guitar. Yeah. My older brother had been playing mandolin, and I would borrow it. He was in, like, the string band for the FFA, whatever. Wow. Um, so he was good. But I saw my buddy play at the talent show, and it just blew my hair back. He played right. uh, Proud Mary by CCR, you know, right. and I just thought that was the coolest thing. Right. And um, we went and got this guitar from DC Music. And upstairs I'd done lessons, and it was classically trained, and it was the same. Mary had a little lamb and right. all this and that. Twinkle, twinkle. And, and I'd done it for a month, and I told her, I was like, I don't want to stop playing guitar, but I don't ever want to step foot in there again. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years down the road, lo and behold, I would find somebody like you found who, mm-hmm. bring in a song, mm-hmm. I'll teach you how to play that song, and I'll teach you, like, the behind the song, like, sure. what made the song. Right. Like, what scale? Absolutely. Yeah, and let's rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Everything you need to know. Yeah, that's what, I mean, you know, and he taught me theory, too, and it, it was really nice to have, and I did, I did a lot of stuff by myself and learn, and, you know, playing in bands in high school, we... Yeah, you had to of, figure something out. You had to figure it out, and um, that's just what we did, and we just, we played our own originals, and uh, I remember playing Zydeco up the road right here when I was, like, 16 years old. <laughs> um, that's cool. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, it... Yeah, it was just uh, yeah, it was cool taking from Rob because he was just he was a real cool guy too. And I could sometimes we just come in there and shoot the shit, you know, mm-hmm. like for thirty minutes. We wouldn't even, we would just talk music or whatever. And I think they moved like right over that way, but I haven't seen him in years. But man, he was he was a great help and super cool dude. So yeah, well, man. So from house high school to what would life be like? Was the uh, the high school bands was that kind of running its course and you'd look for college or? Yeah, we, we just did the whole, that's what, all I really did in high school was, you know, played the, the talent shows and we played battle the bands and played little gigs here and there that we could get, you know, gigs we could get even though being that young we were trying. And then uh, one of the guys that played bass moved out to California. He works for Pixar. And then the other guitar. Cool. Yeah, he was real, real cool, interesting dude, real creative and real talented. And then the other guitar player who was super good, he moved to Nashville and, uh, He's like an engineer now. And then Will, my buddy that plays drums, he works at, uh, he moved down to Mississippi, to Water Valley, and he works he works at Fat Possum, and uh, 
but he lived in front of Dialback Sound, which is Matt Patton's studio. So that, like, you know, right when that happened, and I think he moved, he moved there when our early twenties, so right kind of middle college, and uh, that's just kind of where all the connections started getting made, you know. Yeah, and that's kind of like the night we met. I mean, that was some of the connections that we had made, mm-hmm. like just people and places. Mm-hmm. So with Will and you, you mentioned the blues. Was he real into that hill country blues that Fat Possum, you know, would put out yeah. before getting the Black Keys and right. Oh, I think he was a lot more. We were, I mean, we were really kind of jam bandish when we were in high school. He was real into Umphreys. That was his band. Okay. And, um, I was going to ask if y'all were Deadheads. Yeah. Fish. No, not really. Uh, we were, you know, we're big Southern rock guys. We were I, I was, okay. We listened, you know, we used to big, you know, Stones and 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 Almond Brothers and um, he was a big. He's a, he was he's kind of a he was kind of a geek music guy, real talented guy, but he was into Steely Dan and uh, uh, Rush, all that prog rock stuff. Oh, yeah, nerd um, rock. But, I th- you know, as we got older, man, and, and stuff, the songwriting stuff, we had always written songs, you know, it was our thing. We was, we'd always written songs, and that was kind of what we did. And then, then once we got older, it was we started really getting into the, the real deep songwriting stuff, you know, like, like Neil Young and um, uh, Wilco and... Uh, you know Jason Molina and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Water Liars like those guys are the bomb diggity stuff like that, man. You know. Yeah, and, and that's uh, he and it went from him being down there. I was introduced to all that kind of stuff, and like it was just it was awesome, you know. And and then being around town as I got older, started learning about Hollingsworth, and I was in a band called American Animal. Uh, years ago in my early 20s we opened up for Hollingsworth and that was the first time I ever seen him and so finally started kind yeah, of getting I bet that blew your hair back yeah man I started finally getting to the scene a little bit and, and kind of seeing what was up you know I'm kind of one of the youngins around here but or compared to some of the you other know it's cool uh, to me just like I've been podcasting in Birmingham for almost two weeks now on the weekends mm-hmm. just trying to get into this music scene mm-hmm. and there is like you have I would say there's a there's a generational divide mm-hmm. but it's not clickish right yeah like the older cats are definitely for y'all yeah yeah, yeah. y'all are, you know it's right there's just the age gap there. yeah that's all there is yeah. it's like they've been doing a little longer right and exactly. like you know the night will stewart and then taylor hollandsworth yeah. and his band played it was it seemed like everyone in the crowd was a musician yeah there was yeah it, that, yeah absolutely man and so that that was a fun night just to you know get around and, and see everybody see and, everybody and meet people and yeah, everybody. I mean, you know, Hollingsworth is—he's a—he's Birmingham, you know, icon man. So, anytime I, I can catch him, I'd like to. And he's a great player and cool dude. So, yeah, that was a—that was the vibe I, I, I got. Was uh, he is a musician's musician when it comes to this town. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that's the kind of creatively too, man. He's, yeah, he's always putting stuff yeah. out. You know, there's always, yeah, always something going on. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, so, any college. Went to UAB right out of uh, when I graduated from State. What did you want to study? I had no fucking idea, man. I just went and I chose UAB because my mom was a nurse there, and I got half off my tuition, so uh, my old man was paying for it. And uh, I had no idea, I, so I just picked communications, um, you know, like PR journalism stuff, and yeah, did about four years. I never finished, and shit, if I I need to go back and finish because I only have like a year left, but. I did. I was doing that and still playing around town. And I used to be in a two-piece called Stone Stump, and it was just like me, uh, me and a guy and a drummer. And we were trying to do that whole kind of Black Keys kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. Oh man, I, 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 I still to this day would love to start doing that again. Just a drummer and me, man. It's just so much fun, and it gives you so much room to do a lot, and you, you're able to like kind of do whatever you want, you know. It took me a long time to understand it. I was like, man, there's no bass and there's not another guitar. How are they getting this much sound? It's mm-hmm. like the drummer's doing a whole lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, a lot of those, and it comes from the blues stuff. A lot of those open tuning, it's like those old blues guys. Yeah, you, you don't do have that. to work so hard. Yeah, exactly. You know, you've got that, you've got that low drone, and you've got that um, almost kind of, kind of bottom end with you when you've got that stuff, and it's just fun. Well, cool, man. Walk me up to the day, and what is the name of your album? Well, one I put on in April is called From Rust to Real. All right. And anything before that? I've got uh, my first EP I put out in about 2016 or 17. It's called Lazy Bones, four-song EP. did down at Dialback. And then about a year and a half later, did my second EP at Dialback called Nobody's Fool. And... Uh, then I just put out this this is my first full length I put out in April right when this whole kind of right when the whole pandemic was kind of heating yeah. up you know which kind of sucked I had some tour dates planned and I had a gig with Seth from the Dish Boys in Athens and uh, Proud Larry's stuff like that you know I've got to get over that way too yeah but, he's, uh, I think they're about to put out a record he's always staying busy it seems like mm-hmm. he just got up with uh, Spencer Thomas too it looks like they uh, looks like I know uh, Spencer had moved to Athens but it looks yeah. like him and Seth are are they Getting okay? Together. It, from I may from be what wrong, but what I've seen. I haven't talked to Spencer since he moved, but um, he's he's been he's been a, a good friend and he's been supportive. And when I put that record out, he wrote like a little biography for me that I use on my Spotify account or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a fantastic guy, fantastic drummer and songwriter and everything, man. Mississippi, man, like there's some. It's a I don't know. It's it's it's, it's some magic that comes from there. Tell me about that process. Uh, yeah. Was like when you had written them songs and you decided that you wanted to record. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, obviously, I mean, money is always a part of it, but yeah. Um, like, did you feel like you could accomplish everything you needed to with a dialback? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I wish I would have had more time and more of this and that, but you know, money, money's always been a thing and it, it but I, yeah I would just I mean Will moved down there and he told me about it and there's a lot of history there you know Hollingsworth and uh, uh, Lee Baines and Water Liars have done records down there so he was like man come down here and uh, do do those songs and I just basically sent him the sent him the songs and uh, we kind of rehearsed it I think one a little bit here and there and then we basically did both those EPs and about recording wise like tracking in about two days Nice. You know, I wish I would have had more time, but that just is what it was, and yeah. So and so, uh, you had the home recorders. Did Will go down with you? Did he help out on the album or like? Yeah, absolutely, okay. man. Yeah, like, yeah. I didn't know if you just used dialback guys. No, no, we. Uh, I used. Uh, yeah, Will played drums. I just sent him the stuff, and we kind of worked it out when we got to the studio, kind of how we were going to do it, and um, brought Ford Boswell. Uh, down. Can't go wrong. A little yeah. pedal steel. Got pedal steel on, on the first EP. There's no pedal steel on the second EP, but the first one brought four down. Will played drums. His brother Jay uh, played bass on all my records um, so far, and uh, yeah, basically just uh, brought all them down. And then who else played? Uh, Craig Pratt played guitar a little bit on the second EP. He used to play with Pony Bradshaw. 
a little bit. He's a North Georgia guy. Mm-hmm. Real cool. He played guitar on one or two tracks. And Bronson played a little bit, too, the engineer. Um, and that's about it, really. Cool, man. Of. Yeah. And then this last record is kind of the same play. This last record is basically the yeah, same people. Um, Ford and uh, Jay on bass, Will on drums. Joey's playing some drums, too, on some tracks. Nice. And uh, Shout out to Joey. Shout out to, to Russo. That's a good... That's a good good guy absolutely man killer killer drummer too for real and uh same people and then daniel first record i've ever had uh a lot of piano on so daniel played keys on a lot of songs on that record another very talented kid dude man (laughs) i mean some of these guys around here it's ridiculous they just can do anything i think me and joey were watching daniel play the other day and joey looked to him he's like dude this guy can do play anything can he i was like yeah i know obviously um (laughs) so you know that's so what about your process, man? Like when you stepped off into uh, the solo stuff, even with these EPs going by up to today mm-hmm. with the latest album that you dropped in April. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know each song is unique in its own way, but yeah, are sure. you? Uh, do you lean more toward? Well, I got this little guitar piece, and I think I'll throw some words. Or is it's it, both. It's an idea, and then a melody. It's a, it's a little bit of both. Sometimes I'll have a riff or a guitar part, and I'll just build the song around that. Mm-hmm. Or I've got like. Some of these songs on the last record, I had like one or two lines, and I just built around that. And um, so it's 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 either way. Um, I'm it's get I'm getting better too, and I'm learning a lot more, and learning not to write about myself as much, and I'm learning to kind of like write kind of like character stories and like third person stuff. But you run a murder murder ballot yet? No, yeah, I need to probably, <laughs> man. It's gotta um, kill somebody, man. I, I gotta. I'm mean, gonna probably experience a little more life for that. But uh, you know, it's. It's always been that way, man. It's sometimes it's a guitar part, or sometimes it's a uh, a line, or sometimes I'm just trying to uh, specifically tell a kind of a story. Um, like the song I just played earlier, finally at last. I've always been a huge hypochondriac, so I wanted to write a song about that, and yeah, that's kind of where that came from. Yeah, sure, man. All right, uh, want to ask this one for uh, James? Mm-hmm. With all your playing out. And it could be something that you've said or done, or it could be someone you were sharing a set with. Okay. What is the most ridiculous or dumbest thing you've ever heard someone say, just as like banter between songs on stage? Or maybe it was a ridiculous act, just Uh showing their ass. Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, Ridiculous banter. Like, you can't say we don't live our songs. Right. Uh... (laughs) I can't. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like some just like late nights at the Nick or something where I've heard some crazy shit. I think that's where most of these stories are going to come from. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I've seen uh, a lot of like stage antics that are pretty crazy. Um, I can't remember, man. There's so many of them. I mean, all, everything at the Nick's always been, you know, pretty wild. I can't think of a specific one though where I'm just like, did that guy just say that? All right, fair enough. Yeah, I'm trying to think right now, but I can't. I can't think of one. There's a uh, I've, there's a band around here called Skeptic, and a guy named Barron's a lead singer, kind of real big punk rock band. But I've seen him hang from the rafters in the neck when he's singing. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty dope. Uh, but other that's uh, stage banter. I don't really know that much. Let me ask you this then: Why Birmingham? And if if you could be anywhere but here right now, where would, where do you think you would be for your music? I don't know. 
I guess maybe maybe Nashville. Yeah. Um. But Birmingham's so there's so much talent around here, and it's such a small, big city. Like it's not. I mean, it's compared to Atlanta or Nashville, it's 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 yeah. nothing. But um, I think I like about Birmingham. It's it's a small, big city, and the the the, mu- the music scene's a little. It kind of like everybody knows a little bit of everybody, you know, and it's. Uh, it doesn't feel clickish to me. Yeah, it's and a, I'm I'm outside looking in, but. Yeah, it's a big, uh, big community, you know, and real good music too. Like and not just, you know, cliche stuff. Man, there's some great talent around here. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I call it the Mecca of Alabama. Yeah. When it comes to music. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll fight over that. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, I mean, there's just so many. There's so much history here, and like. Hell, the studio we're in right now, there's so much history. Les has got a bunch of history with, you know, throughout the 90s and stuff, Levine and stuff like that. and So. Well, cool, man. Anything uh, anything coming up you'd like to share or anything that you would like to add to just this Birmingham scene and maybe why someone should check it out if they've never checked it out? Uh, oh, yeah. I've got, well, now that, you know, music's kicking back up, Got Ghost Train tomorrow night with with all the boys, so I'm excited. It's kind of the first we did a live stream uh, back in May. Um, How weird did that feel? It was it wasn't really it was it was kind of strange because it was because it was a live stream and there's like a like a TV right in front of you that was you know showing what you're doing and stuff like that. But it was really good. It's been big friendly productions. They were the people that did okay. the sound. Yeah. You know, and they, they do good work. They did, man, and it, it was incredible. They it, most professional video live stream I've, I've seen since all this pandemic stuff and uh it was great man i just put the record out and i was it was really happy that they were they were doing that you know in a safe manner but it was real professional it looked like like snl or something you know it was just lights were great and sound was good so it was really uh relief a relief to do that since i just you know put a lot of work into that record and um, so we did that, and then tomorrow's the first full band gig since since that live stream, which is in May. So I'm ready to see it, man. I'm ready to see you live. Thank you. I'm, I hope you know, regardless of just seeing you here play yeah. for the show, but to see it uh, the way it was meant to be. Absolutely, you know? man. It's uh, it it's it's gonna be good, man. We can we can kind of traverse up and down, man. Play play some slow, sad stuff, and we can rock it out too. So I'm looking forward to, it, man. I, I, full band shows are what I live for. Oh yeah. No. I'm just glad that the scene's opening back up. Yeah, know? I know. It seems like it slowly is, but and it, you know, it's it's funny. Like when it, when all this crap happened, I was just like, man, live music ain't gonna come back for another year and a half. And then now it's like uh-huh. it's kind of like a relief a little bit. So I'm just like, okay, now things are coming back and things are getting like bands are starting to go out a little bit more. Some of what I'm seeing on my social media, they're starting to like tour a little bit, you know. But I was so like kind of pessimistic. But I was like, man, this ain't live music's gonna be the last thing to get you back know, to normal, but. I wasn't as worried about the bands as much as I was worried about the venues. Yeah. I didn't know if the venue would make a shutdown and right. them not being able to have a show. Like, right. What right. are they going to do if they built their entire absolutely environment and culture around having shows and well, you can come by and we'll we'll bring your beer to the car, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. That's not going to work. Right. No, that uh, yeah, the venues are definitely like taking a hit, man. Especially the ones that are indoors. I mean, all the outdoor ones are the ones that are blossoming right now. Yeah. But like all the, you know, like the dives and the and the small places where, you know, bands get started, those are the ones that are suffering, that are real close knit, you know. And mm-hmm. so that sucks, man. And I, I'm 
I hate to see. I mean, I know a lot of them are closing down, and I know the uh, Alabama Theater's struggling, and they're asking for donations and stuff. It, it still sucks. It's, it's just, just kind of weird if you don't have an outdoor venue. You're almost kind of like screwed a little bit, you know. And if you do have an outdoor venue, you've got like an upper hand a little bit. Yeah, and it's it's tough to project. But what are you thinking? I'm thinking maybe spring 2021 we'll have maybe indoor venues. Maybe say, I yeah. hope so. I feel like, uh, yeah. Hopefully we get like a vaccine or something and it'll chill everybody yeah, out. Yeah, I was, I was talking with Wes earlier. Uh, you know, even if we have a vaccine and it was to come out two weeks from right now, mm-hmm. I don't know if people would get it because I don't know if they would trust it. I think you're exactly right. I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, people. Everybody's so paranoid, man, yeah. these days. I mean, I get it. This year has been just unprecedented, you know? So, I mean, everybody's a conspiracy theorist. Everybody's paranoid. And, yeah. But, I, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. I think if it does – I think it, when it does come out, if it does, there's going to be a kind of a half-and-half half margin. There's going to be people that are going to do it, and some people are just don't – Yeah. Don't, you know, they don't want to yeah, take that chance. I'm not with that. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to have a – we're going to have a walking dead or what? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, anything else to add or subtract? Man, uh, not much, man. I'm, I'm, I'm. Thank you for what you're doing, and yeah, man. this is really cool. And there's a, I just want to give a shout out to all the bands out there in Birmingham. They're all, y'all are all kick ass, and uh, I'm just happy to be able to play around town. So cool, man. All right. And thanks for having me. Yes, sir. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already. Tell your buddy about the show. Rate and review it. Share it. Uh, help me out. I don't have uh, I don't have anything else behind me but you, and uh, you are how I get the word out about it. So thank you in advance. We got a website, uh, www talk net yeah dot you got it. All right, we're going to walk the thing on out the door here with uh, Kyle Kimbrough's going to close it out for us. So, here you go. This is a song called Headache. I've got a headache. The kind that comes rolling in fast I made a mistake Of begging first then sticking last Don't know what to do But sit here on my ass I guess I will Oh, I guess I will Whoever knows When home is on the distance Living for the weekend 
Boy, there ain't nothing you're missing Learn to be alone and get down to business I guess you will Oh, I guess you will He tries to love her, but she won't give in. Working the day shift, why's it cost so much to live? I fought the good fight, laid my best plan. I swear I did Oh, I swear I did When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.